I can't tell you how blessed I am to uh, be standing in front of you this morning. Last Sunday morning at this time, I was in a hospital bed, oxygen up my nose, uh, attached to all kind of monitors beeping and wailing and uh, for somebody that hasn't had a lot of experience with being sick it was rather uh, uh, frightening uh, proposition we just got a message from uh, my mother-in-law referring to Steve's brother that the doctor said uh, any minute now, any time now, he'll be gone. And I say that to say uh, we have some exceptional people here at this church. Some exceptional men and women. And I know for me, um, one of the things that helped me get through what I was going through over the last week was the prayers and the outpouring of love and concern from this church family. And so I ask that those of you who know uh, my father-in-law, whether you feel like you know him well or just know who he is, uh, get his number and send a text. It may not um, be one. You may think that that's not a big deal and I don't really know him and a bunch of people are, you know, in this time, a bunch of people are reaching out to him. But one of the things that really stuck out to me were the messages that I got from people that I didn't expect to get a message from. You know, the people that I didn't talk to on a regular basis or um, when those people reached out to me, it carried some death and weight um, because it let me know that somebody was really thinking about me. Like, I talk to Will almost every day anyway. Uh, But just to see uh, him coming to the hospital and his whole family coming in there, just just the effect that um, our church family, we're not together by coincidence. I don't serve a God of there's a reason that we're all members of this body at this time. Um, I read every card, every signature on there, um, so I really uh, know personally how important those things are. So I ask that you uh, extend that courtesy to my father-in-law and anybody else in our, you know, we, let me not say we, because I don't know about y'all. I'll read uh the bulletin and prayer requests and let me be honest with myself how often do I actually stop and pray for those people like how often because because it happens every week and and normally there's the same there's a lot of the same names on there every week and sometimes I can get in the habit of taking things for granted um, so but I believe in the power of prayer Bible says the prayers that are righteous prevail with much, and I have a responsibility to pray for my brothers and sisters in Christ, especially the ones in this church family. 
prayers lifted me out of a bed. It definitely lifted me out of a funk. Um, and I believe that they do the same for others. Um, while I'm on a roll, I'd like to publicly thank my wife. Um, some folks say that uh, adversity builds character. I believe adversity reveals character. in in my time of need my wife never left my side I remember looking over at her sleeping in a chair and I was in a hospital for six days and she never left my side. Thank you. I'm a big crybaby. Woo! So Matt asked me uh, earlier in the week, Matt asked me what was my sermon about. And I told him, I said, well, it's titled, It's Okay to Be Naked. <laughs> he said, what? <laughs> it's okay to be naked, man. And it was a metaphor on uh, to be naked in front of the Lord. So many times we try to hide who we are or what's going on with us. Especially from each other. What I've learned is it's okay to not be okay. But how many times do I come to church and somebody will ask me uh, how am I or what's going on? And I know for me, me ending up in the hospital was a culmination of about two months of being ill and trying to hide it. I had started to become uh, <clears throat> short of breath, no energy about two months ago, and I kept putting it off because I had things to do. We had Winterfest coming up, I had Summer Jam, I had, back then it was, we were getting ready to do a shut-in, and there was just so many things that I felt like I had to do. I kept saying that when I get done with this stuff, then I'll go and I'll take care of myself. Because I knew it was something that I was going to have to sit down for a minute. Or I, I believed that much anyway. I knew it wasn't the normal. You know, when you, when you catch what you believe is a cold or something and it lasts like over weeks and it ain't getting no better then pretty much tells you that something's, something's not right. It actually was uh, 
part of the motivating factor that led me to stop smoking. I knew that smoking wasn't a good thing. And, uh, being transparent and bringing that to the church, uh, I feel like was a, a beautiful thing for me. Because once again, it's one of those things that um, I want to hide. And just like Adam and Eve, when uh, they heard God coming through the garden and, and they uh, decided to uh, hide themselves. They realized they were naked. I want to close myself. I want to put a barrier up. And, and how silly does that sound? But yet I was doing the same thing when I remember <coughs> when I wanted a cigarette. I would walk around back of the church because I didn't want y'all to see me smoking a cigarette. So I'm going to hide from y'all. Right? But God sees it all. God sees all. And I, I lose focus of that. Like I'm so concerned about what you think of me. Uh, let me be real honest. I was more concerned about what the kids thought of me. I didn't want to be viewed as a hypocrite back there in that class talking to them about uh, the things of this world and being a part of the things of this world and I was doing the same worldly things so. and it may not convict you the same way it convicted me I'm, I'm not up here on a, on a soapbox and I'm not trying to say anything bad about anybody who has uh, any kind of issues like that today um all fall short of the glory of God. And we all, I think we were talking in the men's class today briefly about grace and mercy and how we all sin. We all have those proverbial skeletons in the closet, no matter what they may be, whether it be smoking or profanity or, you know, we all got those things. There's none righteous, not one. And if we could be perfect then Jesus wouldn't need to uh, lay down his life on Calvary. Um, so I'm not up here trying to talk down to anybody that's that ain't my deal. What I am saying is that uh, don't hide it. Don't hide it. It's okay to be naked. Like bring it to the church. Bring it to your brothers. Bring it we have uh, those moments here where we talk about um, coming to the front of the church and asking for prayer about situations. And, and I, I dare say that there's not a time that that happens that there's not something or someone in my life that doesn't need prayer. I don't know about you, I got a lot of isms. Like, I got a lot of things going on in life that I need some help. I'm still growing. I'm a baby in Christ. I'm still growing. And so there are a lot of things in my life that I, I need your help with. And, I'm not, and I used to be ashamed to come and ask for your help. Because I was afraid of what you think of me if I was honest. So I was doing just like Adam and Eve. I'm running through the garden, trying to grab some leaves, hiding in the bushes. When 
God sees all. And it's so funny that God has a sense of humor because his rhetorical questions in the garden. Who told you you was naked? He already knew. I thought about that when I was studying for this. I was thinking about my clients. And at work, when I ask my clients a question, I already know the answer. Um, and the first thing I'll tell them when we talk is that honesty goes a long way in our conversations. Your honesty could be the difference between you going back to jail today and spending another night at this facility. And so if I'm going to ask you a question, I already know the answer to. And that's rhetorical because God knew the answer to all the questions that he asked them. And just like us, one of the main things we do when we're asked questions or we're presented with our own humanness blame somebody else. I don't want to take responsibility for my own actions or my own inaction. But I always want to blame somebody else. If you would have did this, I would have did this and if you would have, I would have. So let me tell y'all a quick story. So when we were at Winterfest, right, my mother-in-law all y'all know I have a tooth missing. Well, my mother-in-law bought me a tooth for Christmas. Got it right after Christmas. I just got fitted for it. I got it the Monday I celebrated three years sober. So it was that we left for Winterfest that Friday. I got the tooth that Monday. And I wore it to Winterfest and nobody even noticed that I had it in or whatever. So, I don't know, me and Susan had words about something silly. And I was, I got mad at her about something silly and I don't know what I did with the tooth. I think I put it in a napkin and I threw it away. That's the truth. I put it in a napkin and I threw it away and and then I thought about it, I was like, it was $450 I didn't even have it for a week and then how am I going to tell my mother that I just threw her $450 in the trash and I remember walking back to the room and David didn't know what I was doing and I was throwing stuff around looking knowing I didn't leave it, you know, I'm Maybe I left it here, maybe I left it there. And then he thought I was mad at him about something. I was like, oh, it's... So the rest of the weekend, needless to say, I was mad at my wife because it was her fault. <clears throat> she wasn't... She didn't get mad at me about something I didn't do. I would have been paying more attention. And I... When the truth was, it was... It was all me. It was all my fault. Right, but so many times we take soul or we try to take solace in. I wanted to blame somebody. I wanted to blame somebody else. Um, I didn't want to take personal responsibility for my own actions or for my own inaction at this point. And, uh, I still haven't told my mother, but uh, between me and my wife, we figured it out and I went and purchased another one. And by the time I see my mother, I'll have it in. Hopefully we won't have to talk about it. <laughs> uh, 
but the blame game is over. You know, one of the realities of sin is that its effects spread when we do something wrong. We often try to make ourselves feel better by dragging someone else into our mess. If you would have did, or wouldn't have did what you did, I wouldn't have did, and so on and so forth. And, and the reality was, it ain't. It wasn't nobody else's fault, but mine. It's the same thing. Like when God asked them about the fruit, why they eating? She did it. She gave it to me. Wasn't me, wasn't my idea. Don't matter. You Back in uh, Genesis 2, 16 and 17, God told Adam, like, you got dominion over everything except this. You can have everything else except this. Don't mess with this tree right here. Life and death comes out. And, and although literally, um, of course, they didn't die but a part of them did. And every time we sin or fall victim to our own selfishness and self-centeredness, a part of us dies. There's a part of us that we can't uh, share with anybody else. And, and, and that's what happens when I'm, when I'm trying to hide something, because I never know, right? I shared that I had some issues with smoking, for the next individual in here that may have an issue in that area. Right? So so when they get to a point that they're convicted and they want some help, they know who. I can go to Michael and talk to him about that. I share openly that I've had some problems in the past with alcohol and drug abuse. I share that so if that ever touches your family, you may have some hope. I share that so if you need somebody to talk to or you need some direction that you'll be able to come to me and we'll be able to help. See, I realized today that nothing that any of us go through is about us. God allows us to go through some things simply so we can reach back and help somebody else. I'm a cancer survivor. Not so much that I'm special or... I'm a cancer survivor, so the next person in here that gets diagnosed with cancer, I can come to them and say, hey, it's not a death sentence. We do recover. And that's what I've realized today, that, that it's okay to be naked. Sometimes we don't want to address or embrace our human frailties. We want to hide them. We want to put it, that's, you know, that's men. I want to be, uh, I want to, uh, I don't want to embrace any kind of weakness. But the Bible says, in my weakness, he becomes my strength. And so I've learned to embrace my weakness so I can embrace, y'all don't hear me. I've learned to embrace my weakness so I can embrace my strength. Think about it. The thought of two humans covered with fig leaves trying to hide from an all-knowing and all-seeing God is ridiculous. How could they be so silly? 
yet we do the same thing, acting as though God don't see the way we treat people, or God doesn't hear how we talk to people, or, I know none of us don't do this, but how we talk about people. It's so easy to point to somebody else's frailties and somebody else's problems.
thought about it later on that day I don't know just spending some quiet time with God God said why are you always reading stuff about me instead of reading my word and I sat and thought about that for a minute like I got all these if you look at my nightstand or in the living room all these books and devotions and daily meditations and men's this and men's that and I read them daily but I'd be lying if I told you I opened the Bible daily like I read some scripture and verse because all of those things have scripture and verse in it and all of those things are another man's opinion about God when God has blessed me with his word that I can read daily um, and if I don't know God's word I can't stand on God's word it's something that I, I know that I need to get better at doing on a daily basis even in doing this sermon I kind of got sidetracked on this whole third chapter of Genesis is some deep read um, there's some things in there that made me step back and things that I hadn't thought about in a while, some things that are that I really need to pray about to get a better clarity of exactly what it means, and it just let me know that I haven't, I don't read enough. March Madness is right, we're right in the midst, I mean, I don't know if there's any other basketball fans in here, but I'm a March Madness kind of guy, and I don't know everything about every team and who they played and what conference they in, and what I'm saying is I spend more time um, focusing on creation and the creator, and it should be the other way around. Um, the next one is discourage. Discouragement makes you look at your problems instead of looking towards a solution. Um, that's the woe is me, and I don't suffer with that when my wife always tells me. I don't suffer with that one too often because I'm a solution-oriented kind of guy. I'm not uh, woe is me, and I don't believe in pity parties. And um, I believe in once we identify what the problem is, let's find a solution. And we can always find a solution in the Word of God. Diversion makes the wrong things seem attractive so that you will seek them. Uh, it's always something that's tried to steal our attention to divert us from our primary purpose, whether it be a career or work or anything other than serving God, um, there's always something that will seem more attractive that will uh, take our attention away from what really should be important. Defeat makes you feel like a failure so you don't even try. The Bible says no weapon formed against me shall prosper. It don't say no weapon will be formed. In fact, it's telling me that there's going to be some things that will be formed they just won't prosper unless I give them the victory. And delay makes you put off doing something and eventually it never gets done. I put off going to the hospital till I couldn't put it off no more. Um, even when I went, I remember the night before I went, <coughs> I uh, couldn't breathe. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't lay down. I couldn't sit up, and it was about 3 in the morning, and I went and sat at the end of my bed until 
6 in the morning when Susan woke up and said, uh, we need to go to the hospital. And she said, well, how long have you been sitting down? I said, well, since about 3 in the morning. And she was like, why didn't you wake me up? I was trying to be considerate. And she said, it wouldn't have been too considerate if you had died. got a point there. Huh? Delayed, though. Like, I knew what I had to do, but I really wasn't in a rush to do it. <laughs> I, you know, I don't like hospitals, but uh, um, don't delay. I, uh, those of you who, and I don't know who I'm supposed to be talking to this morning, but I believe that there's somebody in here going through something that they've been putting off or evading or putting to the back burner. Ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Uh, if there's something that you know you probably need to address, something that little tinge, that little pain, that little something that's been going on with you that uh, you have kind of just pushed to the back bar, go see about it. We need you. I need you. I need you. Don't let uh, the fear of whatever that may be stop you from uh, addressing it. God hadn't given us a spirit of fear, man. That's all the enemy. Don't give in to the enemy. Don't, don't, don't eat the fruit. Because that's the fruit that he's trying to get us to eat today. I'm not going to say nothing. I'm Abracadabra is going to get better. No, it don't work like that. Um, once again, I just want to thank all of you for uh, being my rock when I when I needed uh, to be held down. Um, want to ask, encourage you. Uh, we're having our lock in this Friday, and it's in kind of conjunction with a fundraiser that will be here Sunday morning uh, bake sale so any of you bakers out there we'd uh, love any donations um, we're having a bake sale for Caitlin uh, to make her journey a little easier on her family I think we ought to support our kids we do a lot to support the community um, but I think charity starts at home I won't be here next Sunday. I'll be in Marriage Creek, so Michelle Gill, hold it down for me. Her in April, I'm sure, will uh, make sure that that's a positive event. Uh, shout out to Mr. Chapman over there, second in the state in wrestling, right? Second in the state? Yeah, that's a big deal. See, you don't know the effect that things like that have on people. When I was laying up in my hospital bed, I got to grow vicariously through looking at things like him being successful. His success is our success. Our kid's success is our success. Uh, preparing the next generation of the Hurricane Church of Christ is our success. So I want to thank you all for uh, humoring me and listening to me. And uh, remember... Tell Matt I said it's all right to 